This is episode 89, and this is Creating Space. Yes, yes, what is happening? Okay, okay, I know you're thinking, what? Episode 89? I thought he was just after 50. Let me go ahead and address that issue really quickly. So I had come to the realization that I was only counting my interviews for the podcast episodes. I wasn't amalgamating the Mindset Mondays and the interview podcast all together into one for the total episode count. So with that being said, we are not 52 episodes in. We're actually 89 episodes in, chasing down 100 episodes really, really quickly. I've gotten in a partnership with a lot of different creatives who have taken a look at what we're doing and they thought that my original idea to keep Mindset Monday and to keep the interviews completely separate might not be the best idea for longevity. So with that being said, no better time than the present to bring it all together, make it all one. So episode 89 right here, Ivis Galarsep. Who is Ivis? Well, if you're a footy fan, you recognize this name. He is one of the leading journalists in USA Soccer. He covers all things soccer. He is the guy the point man for journalism. Uh, He's been a sports writer starting at North Jersey Media Group, moved to a soccer and columnist uh, at ESPN.com, then to Fox Soccer. Then he decided to start his own with Soccer by Ives. Um, And now he is the deputy content manager at Goal.com. So for all you footy fans, you know him far too well. On Twitter, he's Soccer by Ives. And what I really love about his story is that he was one of the first pioneers for blogging in the soccer industry and he really blew it out of the water and has had so much success out of that bravery and courage to pivot and try something new. So so without any further ado, let's jump into the story of the come up of Ivis Galarsep on episode number 89 of Creating Space. So guys, if, if you didn't know now, now you know. He's the oracle for soccer in the United States. He knows everything there is to know about each player that is in involved or on the doorstep. But Ivis, you've not always been in this spot. I mean, if you could go back 10 years ago to this moment and you could look at the Ivis at, at that time, 2006, and tell him, hey man, just hold on tight. In 10 years, you're going to be in a good spot. What do you think that Ivis would have said to you? Uh, I mean, I think, I, you know, I, I think I, I saw the possibilities, to be honest, man, because of that year, that's actually the year that I, that I decided, you know, looking ahead that I wanted to launch my own site. And, uh, you know, I was at I went to my second World Cup that year in Germany and, and you kind of could see the sport really kind of starting to grow, like really, really take off. Right. And, and for me, I mean, I've been co- covering the game since since 99 uh and you know seeing it from where it came from then to even from then to 2006 uh was impressive but that year i think that year was the the year where i kind of really started to envision what could be you know beyond so what is it that you were seeing what is it that you were seeing that gave you that intuitive notion that hey soccer's building something's really happening here and there are some opportunities well, I thought what was interesting was back then, I mean, I was just a, you know, a newspaper writer at a small paper in New Jersey. And, you know, I was, I was writing columns for ESPN, 
which I started doing in 2004. But I was still, for the most part, most of my work was, you know, in a small newspaper in New Jersey. But American soccer fans, you know, they they they'll find if you write if you're writing about American soccer, they'll find you, right? And <laughs> even even back then, you know, they they you know they they find you. They, I mean, I could do I could write a notebook item or a, a column about the most you know Real Salt Lake, right? And I and I but I'm a guy in Jersey, uh, and the people in, in Utah will find, you know they would find it, you know. Sure. So that so that kind of opened my eyes to the, the possibilities, right? So that's when, around that time, I looked at that, and also the, the state of newspapers at that time. I kind of, I kind of felt like newspapers were were not heading in a good direction, and you know, I, I I think I read the tea leaves there because a lot of my old colleagues from the newspaper business they always tell me like I got out just in time, you know, I got out just before the kind of the roof fell in on the whole the whole industry, and 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 I see, yes, I kind of saw that those combination of things that. It kind of steered me towards going online. I like it. I uh, I had Jada Merritt on the show, who you know very well, a couple of weeks ago, and he talks about um, waiting for your wave of opportunity, and not every wave is yours, right? So you saw the wave of the newspaper dying. What was the new wave that you figured you were gonna you were gonna jump on? It was the internet. It was it was on, it, it was the internet, and 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 actually at the time, the idea of blogging. Um, I, you know, I had my my eyes open to that uh, before the World Cup. Funny enough, my newspaper, you know, they told me they was like, "Look, we want you to blog." And at the time, I was like, "You know, what is that? What is blogging? I don't know what that is." So they sent me to a workshop at Columbia University, uh, where, where they did, you know, it was all about blogging and the future of it, and 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 what it, and what you could do with it. And that that workshop completely opened my eyes to the possibilities. And at right and right then and there, I it kind of planted the seed, and I said, "You know what? I, I could build something. I could build something with this." kind of mechanism, you know, using, using my, my background and my experience. And, and, uh, I went to Germany that, that summer, you know, with that idea, like if I, I, you know, I'll blog about this world cup, see how it goes. And if people really eat it up, then that'll show me like that there's interest there. So were they eating it up? Were they, did did, did people love it? Yeah. People, people enjoyed it. And, and it, it, the big, the big kind of moment was, so I come back, tell my sports editor, listen, you know, I want to do a soccer blog going forward. Uh, and, and they were, you know, they were kind of like, okay, sure. They, they didn't really think it would do anything. They didn't think it would, it would, you know, be that big. Um, so I launched it in October of 06, which is, yeah, it's like 10 years ago. Uh, and literally in, by the second month, it was, it was the biggest blog in our network. And that's including, you know, Yankees, Knicks, Giants, Jets. And yeah, so by two months that happened and by four months, uh, our traffic was more than uh, like the other 34 blogs combined in our network. So it was just. <laughs> what are you thinking at this time, Ivis? Are you thinking, holy smokes, I've got all this attention now. I've got to be delivering content on a consistent basis. How did your mindset change from where you were before the blog and then now two months in where the blogs really picked up some steam? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I was so busy just kind of doing it. I, like I, I, I didn't really stop and think about, oh, you know, how big it was getting. Um, I was just kind of, you know, on the grind. And uh, and I did that for a year, and like more than a year, I kept I kept it going. I kept doing my newspaper thing, and and then I it got to a point where I was like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready to make the jump and go independent. And um, and it, and it worked out. It, it was a little scary, you know, because you don't yeah. know how to go when you go independent, and are people going to find you in the new place? You know, you kind of you know, ham, you know, put your shingle up and see if people show up, and and they did. I mean, they showed up first month, first month of the new site. Uh, it. it uh, it I think it doubled the traffic. The first month of of the independent site doubled the traffic 
of the highest month of, of the newspaper blog. And, and that kind of showed me, okay, you know, there, there's, you know, this is the right move. Now, was that the, the soccer by Ives production? Was that your very first blog? Yeah. In 2008, I launched the, the, in the original form soccer by Ives and, you know, it was definitely f- uh, full blog format. And for the, and, and it's interesting because people always, uh, it's easy to just call everything a blog and, and, and no offense to the idea of blogs is, blog, you know, again, we, I, my site started as a blog. It's like for me, uh, you know, a, 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 a true, true blog is just kind of like, you know, free, you know, you put up free flowing updates. It isn't necessarily like a news site, but me as a newspaper writer, I kind of wanted to build a new, like a news site. So that's how I kind of, you know, I envisioned like the eventual evolution of the site is I want, I want it to be an independent news website and have that kind of structure and, and that standard, uh, you know, a higher standard than you'd get maybe from, you know, your, your average independent blog. So tell me this, what was it you think that people were eating up about your blog? Because it's very important for the blogger to have a unique voice. Now, your unique voice was one that we in the locker room as players knew. And if you were to have a mayor, what the guys call in, in, in the locker room as a mayor, it's just short for nightmare. If you were going to have a mayor on the field, Ivis was going to absolutely exploit you in the press. So <laughs> <laughs> where did you kind of formulate this voice or this uh, narrative that you were going to drive your blog from? Well, you know, it's interesting. When I started the site, it wasn't really about, you know, trying to have it be kind of an opinion thing. I wanted it to be a news site. And what I think people really ate up is the fact that I really tried to make it a national site in the sense that we cut, you know, I was covering every team, you know, because obviously most people knew me as a New York guy. I mean, I'm a Jersey guy, but, you know, I was always in the New York market and covering the Metro Stars and all that. So that was kind of my foundation. But you know, I had obviously made my connections throughout the league and I, I tried to make full use of that. So from day one, month one, you know, I was writing about, you know, whether it was Houston or or Chivas USA or, or, or you know, even, even the Canadian teams eventually on the horizon. So like I, I at the time there wasn't there was, that didn't really exist because the big sites weren't really doing that. You know, the ESPNs and Sports Illustrateds and, and, and what have you, they, they weren't covering it on that in that that brought away right so it it there was a niche there and it filled it and it's crazy because 10 years 10 years later here we are and there's like a million sites now trying to do the same thing uh that we you know that i that we did 10 years ago man you're the pioneer and there's no doubt about that but in order to be a visionary in order to be a pioneer there's a lot of confidence that comes with that And, and confidence is something that's structured through time and i'm sure you've been influenced by someone somewhere at some time that's told you to be confident or, or trust yourself. Who do you attribute that self-confidence to? That's a, that's a good question, man. I hadn't really, I hadn't really thought about that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's just, it, it's, just, I tell you one thing, what's interesting is it, it is true. You need the confidence, but at the same time, I think what, what has helped me from day one in covering this sport is like, look, you know, I didn't grow up like soccer wasn't my favorite sport growing up. And I oh, said really? That. No way. No, I mean, I played football. I was a football player. I played, I played football, Division three college football, right? Wow. But grow, but growing up, you know, I, I, my background's Peruvian. My family's Peruvian. So, like, soccer was always around. But I grew up in neighborhoods that were predominantly black, predominantly Puerto Rican, Dominican. Like, that. that's what I grew up in, right? So, like, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm not – I didn't grow up in the suburbs – so I grew up playing, ba- you know, basketball, baseball, football. So like that's that was my kind of upbringing. But um, college in college is where I really kind of 
dove in into soccer because because uh, you know I, w- I was playing football. My school dropped the, the football program, so when I I went to try to go to another college to play, eventually I said, you know what, I'm not going to chase this football thing anymore. I'm going to go back to school. And then all of a sudden, soccer was the biggest sport at my school, and I, I covered it. I covered it for my school paper, and that kind of got me into it. I became really tight with the soccer with the soccer team, the soccer players, and, and then I just dove in from there, and 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 then and it kind of just fell in love with the sport. So at what time during that time did you really know you were onto something, you were gifted? I can remember when I was younger, uh, we played in, against Duke in this Duke Invitational, and I played against this kid, Spencer Wadsworth. He's now an agent. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and I played well against Spence. He was a great player for Duke, and I played well. It's my freshman year. And I can remember one of the senior players on the teams, one of the buddies at the parties after the game came to me, and he was like, hey, man, you keep playing like that. And you're going to be a pro for sure. And that was the first time I kind of had this uh, confidence come outwardly that gave me this idea that, hey, I can do this. What was a moment for you where you kind of realized, I'm good at this, there's a niche here, and I can take this pretty far if I want to? Uh, Well, I I mean, I'd I'd say this. I don't know if there's any one particular moment, but what I think definitely through the years has, has really kind of give it definitely boosted the confidence and, and made me believe that I'm doing the right thing or have had have been doing the right thing is is whenever you know I meet a player or a coach for the first time who I hadn't who I haven't met before or haven't talked to uh, and definitely in the early years uh, you know if, if I'd meet someone and they'd be like you know oh I've read your stuff I, I love your stuff you you know what you're talking about and look when a pl- when a player tells you that when a coach tells you that when they show you that respect and that kind of lets you know like you know you're doing something right and 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 you know these I mean these guys know the game and and, and what I was kind of getting at before I kind of got off track a little is that I came into covering the sport fully respecting the fact that I didn't know the sport so I mean it, it, for me it was really important to kind of be a real student of the game and try to learn and I mean, I spent years, you know, trying to learn every aspect of it, you know, watching as much as I could, talking to people, uh, you know, talking to the coaches that I was covering and really trying to understand the game. And, you know, even today, 20 years later, like, I'm not, you know, I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but like, I feel like I've really tried to learn the game. And so when I meet a coach or a player and they tell me, look, you know, you're, you know what you're talking about. You're a soccer guy. And I'm like, that that means the world to me right there. Yeah. Right. I, you know, it means that maybe I've done something like that. Yeah, I think so, man. I think you're well on your way to 10,000 hours of mastery. I think you're, you're the pioneer in the United States. Um, one thing that's interesting though is, is your voice has never changed. You've stayed very true to the way you analyze the game and, and, uh, there's going to be moments where you're going to have to rip a player if he, if he doesn't show up. Is there, a moment in history where you're thinking, ah, I went a little too hard on that guy, um, and, and you've had to apologize or you feel some remorse about that. <laughs> that's funny. That's that's interesting. Uh, you know, it, uh, trying to think now. I'm trying to think. I mean, uh, I mean, I've definitely gone at people, right? I've gone at you know players, coaches, owners, um, and it's always interesting how people react, right? Because I've always said. If you rip a coach, generally, like in the like in the pros, anyway, if you rip, you rip a coach nine times out of ten, you know they they're going to be cool about it because they get it right. They they've been sure. around, they know it's part of the job, and, and and they'll actually be cool with you. They're like, look, I know that's what you got to do. You know they they don't take it personally, 
generally. Um, but players, it's a whole other thing, right? Because it's like they can't, you know. They, yeah, they, man. I mean, we've been sitting. I've been sitting around the locker room, and guys have just bantering each other about who got ripped this, that week by by yourself. And uh, ha- has it ever made for confrontation with any players when you've rubbed shoulders with them? No, I mean not. I mean, I mean, I'm kind of a big guy. So <laughs> You're no, not. No one's really trying to come at me like that. But uh, I, I, one 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 moment that'll stand out that I can remember was uh, uh, when Real Salt Lake played their first game, and Clint and Clint Mathis came back with RSL, came back to New York. They played in New York in the first game, and like me, and Clint Mathis go way back, right? I mean, I covered him. You know, we're talking 2000, 2001, 2002, the whole World Cup run up, all that. So like me and him. Yeah, they're pretty tight, right? Um, so when he came back to, uh, from Germany to MLS and signed with RSL and signed his big deal, I wrote a piece about it. I wrote, look, you know, that, uh, you know, maybe MLS, MLS overpaid. You know, maybe they, you know, they, he hasn't really produced to, to like, what are you paying for? Are you paying for his name? Are you paying for production? Like, what? Wow. Are you? So wow. yeah, I mean, I, you know, it, it might, it, it was, <laughs> it was, it was, it, it, it might have went a little hard at him. So, so. You know, I so I go to the press conference and uh, and I see him there and and he kind of is like, you know, oh, you want to talk to me now? And I'm like, uh, I'm like, what are you talking about? And it's like, and then he kind of just like, yeah, you know, like pointed out, yeah, you know, you want to rip me and this and that. And so I was like, look, did you read the piece? And he said he didn't read it, but he heard about it. And that's usually what happens: people don't like read the piece. Someone tells them to him and, and tells them the, the highlights, lowlights. Of course, of course. But but that that kind of opened my eyes. I'm like, yeah, you know, it, it's you know, it, you 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 definitely don't want to like ever make it personal. You just want to, I mean, just want to. You got to call it how you see it, right? Absolutely. And that's, I think people respect that. I mean, I think even I think at the end of the day, even even I mean, I can I don't want to name any names, but like I can I can remember players, veteran players who like I've been you know I've written like oh all right this guy it might be time for this guy to retire right and I can remember like. One like national team legend uh, giving me some real attitude at the time, but then years later it was like, all right, look, you know, you were right. Like, I, it probably was the end. It was probably time for me to go. Like, sure. so, but so I think I think if you over time, if, if you just if you're just honest, people over time will respect that. And while you know you might hurt someone's feelings uh, directly because you call them out or you, or you point out something, uh, eventually they'll get it. And everyone else that reads that stuff and watches it will, will see that, look, you know, hey, he was that was the truth. That was he was honest. It was, you know, it's never personal. So. Yeah, no, I like it. That's a part of uh, professionalism. It's just you've got a job to do. We've got a job to do. Um, and at the end of the day, the players, we we sign up for it. You know, we're showcasing ourselves. We're performers and we are subject to criticism. And it just is what it is. And, and that's, I believe, why people enjoy what you write and, and what you talk about. You know, you're 240 plus podcasts in. So it's not just what you're writing. It's your voice altogether that people really enjoy to consume. Tell me a little bit. Let's, let's switch into um, the journey that you've had to build what you have in the empire that is at SBI, Soccer by Ivis. I mean, were there times where you were thinking, man, I don't know if I need to do this or or you were making a substantial amount of income and another working for someone else? Were there any times throughout your your job or your life where you thought maybe this wasn't the right way to go? Well, I'll tell you what, the first year of the site was definitely not easy. It was, uh, it, it was you know, any, anyone who, who who's ever started a website, will tell you, you know, the, the, the beginning is always rough because it's, you know, making that, you know, getting, making the income and getting the revenue stream is always tough. Uh, even if you have the audience, 
So what so was your first revenue stream that, that kind of started to work for you? Uh, well, by the second year, it kind of got better, you know, it, 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 but that first year was rough for no doubt. The first year. Was that a lot of cold year. calls trying to get people to, to, to advertise and, that, and those kind of things? A lot of uh, it's just ad selling. networks, you know, get, getting, finding the right ad network and then having the money kind of, you know, come in. And yeah, it is definitely, you know, going out there and trying to find advertisers and, it definitely hasn't been easy, uh, or it wasn't easy at the time. And I mean, even now it's tough. I tell you what, it, it's not right now. It, it's not a, it's not a great uh, atmosphere for independent websites because uh, the the whole online revenue stream is kind of d- dried up a little bit. But for me, I mean, I mean, I'm lucky enough to be in a place now where like it's not my my full time job. You know, Gold.com is is my full time job, and 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 now it's funny because. I launched the site originally to kind of make it my platform to showcase myself as a writer and as a source of information. But over the years, it's kind of become this academy, right, for writers. And, and uh, you know, I really enjoy working with young writers and helping them develop and helping them find their voice. And, and we've had a lot, we've had an assembly line of, of, of guys come through there who've gone on and, and, and gotten full jo- full-time jobs all over the industry. And it's kind of definitely a source of pride for me to see these guys kind of develop and improve and, and, and move on and, and get jobs. And, and people, it's funny because I, I mean, it, you, when you talk about things that kind of let you know you're doing something right, they, when you asked me before, you know, when I can have, when I can have a, a, a coat, like a, you know, whether a Bruce Arena or a Landon Donovan and, and, and they're looking at me like, you know, you're like the Bill Walsh of, of, yeah. of, of soccer journalism. That, yeah. that gives me something, right? Cause it's like, they know like you, what kind of work you're doing. So, I mean, there's definitely, you know, pride to be taken in that i think the the biggest reward you can give in the world to society is a mentorship or a service right and you've i had no idea that you had this whole program on the side now this is extremely interesting because mentorship is uh one of my highest priorities and and being able to share and collaborate knowledge what does men what does mentorship mean to you I mean, it's just, it, it, I don't know, it, it's just something that for me, it, it definitely means a lot to see someone kind of evolve, you know, and uh, it, it's become a, a kind of a job in itself. And then you asked me before about, you know, have you ever thought about, oh, you know, why, you know, should I, why am I doing this? And I, I'll, I'll be straight up. And I, I, don't, I don't think I've said this anywhere publicly, but I mean, there's been times in recent, in recent times where I've kind of been like, you know, where, where does this site go next? You know, and, and do I still need the site? And I mean, I'll be completely honest with you. I don't even need SBI as a site anymore, but I, I but it, 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 it has a role, right? It has a role to play. And I enjoy that interaction with the guys and, 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 and recruiting and finding new writers and helping them kind of achieve their goals. And so that kind of, it, 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 it still has that, that appeal. Uh, and it's not, it's not easy by any means because it's, I mean, I'll be straight up. It's not like I'm, it's not a cat. It's not a cash cow. By any means. <laughs> uh, so for anyone who thinks that it's it's definitely not, but, uh, but it's great to see guys kind of develop and, and then, and then, you know, realize their dream and, and get a job in the business. That's very cool that you're, you're kind of the U S national team head coach for journalism in this industry. And that's, that's really cool to see. Um, Ivis, as we, as we move along in the, in the interview, when you, uh, take in account all of the things, the balls that you have in the air at the moment, uh, what kind of stress comes with having the voice and needing to be the guy and each piece that you're developing has value and you need to take time with it. Do you ever find that there's not enough hours in the day? Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. And I, and I'll tell you what, but you know, it, there's definitely truth to the idea that, you know, the older you get, the you can't grind like you used to. Right? <laughs> I mean, I can tell you, 
when I started the site 10 years ago, I mean, I was putting in 70 hour, 80 hour, you know, I mean, seven days a week, no day. I mean, it was me the first couple of years just writing everything. So, um, I mean, I look back on that and I'm like, man, I, w- I wish I could grind like that, you know, now. And I it's, you can't, right? You have to prioritize. You have to kind of. What were the keys? What were the keys to you being able to have that grind? Um, let me start over. I, I just bumped it. Uh, anyways, I'll edit that out. What What were the keys for you having that ability to grind in that time? 70 hours a week, li- low sleep, probably light exercise because, you know, you're, you're devoting everything to your craft. And if it's not. Um, if it's not helping you build that, it's not really making sense, right? You gotta, you gotta manage your time in different ways. Right. I mean, it's, uh, well, number one and not having an understanding wife helps <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for anyone, uh, you know, you definitely, it definitely helps to have, uh, you know, uh, a partner who supports you and supports your vision. And, and, and she definitely was always behind, behind everything I did. And, you know, when it came time to kind of jump off that cliff and, 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 quit my full-time newspaper job to launch an independent website. She, she, she told me, go for it. You know, she, she saw it. She, she saw that I, I saw something there and, and, and she backed me. So that, that was always, you know, when, when you have that support, it kind of, uh, you can do, you know, you can do anything, right. You can, it, it gives you that kind of, what did you learn that, about yourself and your, your partnership with your wife during that stressful time where you're having to literally jump off the cliff and hope that everything works out? No, I mean it. Just again, it showed, it, it showed me that I have a good woman. You know, like she supported me and, and and backed me the whole way. And I know it wasn't easy. And, and even today, like I, I mean, I you know, I don't I don't put in eighty hours a week now, but it, I, I definitely put in put in my share of hours now. And then and um, you know, now I have kids. I have two boys. So it's always that's another thing, right? You got to find that balance between you know your career and, and, and your life, and it's never easy. And I definitely you know when you think about coaches and, and the hours they put in. And, sacrifices they make i mean you can definitely appreciate uh that that sacrifice that you put into it but um getting back to your original question like you do have to prioritize and you do have sometimes you 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 can't do some things like the in this example the podcast uh the sbi show i mean you know we killed it for a good run we had you know good three-year run and 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 i and i you know tried to keep it going and now this summer it's kind of gone on a hiatus just because, you know, finding that time to do it on a consistent basis. And, you know, I'm hoping to bring it back because, uh, you know, it, I thought it went well and people enjoyed it. Um, but, you know, again, like you said, you got to prioritize. You have to, you know, make sure you're not burning yourself out and you're not uh, you're not letting other things suffer. Yeah, that's right. You've got to, like I said, a lot of balls you have in the air and your priorities are most important. It sounds like family is right up there at the top and then work finds its way uh, just after that. When you talk about creating space now, Creating space for me was when I had the injury in my career um, and it made me start to look at possible retirement, something that I never thought about in my entire life. It was was grind to play and, and work your way from small town South Carolina into the MLS and figure out how to exist at that level. So when soccer exited my life for a period of time, I had to build new pieces of myself to fill that space that soccer left, Right then other things started to come. Now, as you evolve as a human being and, and your priorities change, where do you look to go with uh, Soccer by Ivis, with Goal.com, and with the build that the MLS has moving forward? I mean, it is really growing strong. Yeah, no, I mean, American soccer is blowing up. It's crazy. It's crazy to see, man, because, I mean, you know, 
as someone who's, who's been in it uh, for a while, I mean, to see where it's coming to where it's going, it's, it's amazing. But I mean, I'd say for me, you know, gold.com has been great. You know, I, I've been there for three years now. And I mean, gold.com is the biggest soccer site in the world in terms of just international coverage and, 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 and our team that handles the American soccer side of things. I mean, we have a good group of guys and I definitely am excited for what we can do as, as that as, as being part of that team. Right. So like, I, I think the, the next step for me is to definitely try to, you know, put a lot more into that and, and definitely trying to build, build that up. Uh, and then, and hopefully finding that next wave of, of, of guys who help SBI as well. I mean, uh, you know, for, for people who read the site or, or, or maybe haven't paid attention, we had a group of guys from 2010 to like 2014, 2013, that were like my version of the, uh, of, of the Invincibles, right? When Arsene Wenger had that undefeated Arsenal team, yeah. that was like a dream team. Right. We had, I had that, man. I had that. I mean, I had that, like on my team at one time. I mean, Where are I those had, guys now? Well, I mean, I tell you, Avi Creditor, who's my number one guy, my managing editor, he runs uh, soccer at Sports Illustrated now uh, on S, at, you know, SISoccer.com. So wow. he, he's my he's my guy. I mean, no one's for me, no one's better than that guy. Um, but I mean, we have Adam Serrano with the LA Galaxy. We have Thomas Floyd, who's with me at Goal.com. Travis Clark, who's a full time writer. Uh, you know, Curtis Larson, who's like the man in Toronto. Uh, the, covering Toronto FC and Canadian soccer, he he wrote he wrote for us back then. So I mean, you know, we 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 had a murderer's row back then. So it's but much <laughs> like Arsene Wenger, you know, it doesn't last forever. You have to find that next batch of guys, and you have to keep you know, it's like the assembly line. You find that talent, and then that talent moves on, and you have to replace it. So that's the challenge. And, and there's the, and for me, I tell you what, I, I can you know, I'll come I can complain left and right about about that challenge, but it's still it's still a fun challenge, and I still enjoy it. I agree. You know, uh, when you talk about challenge um, in the next step for the MLS moving forward, to be able to get Beckham in, you know, when Bex came in, it got the whole world's attention to the MLS. And slowly but surely, you're getting big name players who, some in the middle of their careers, some towards the end of their careers, are coming over and checking out what's happening here in the MLS. Who's the next guy that takes the MLS to the next level? Uh, player wise? Yeah, player wise. Ooh, that's. A- I don't know. If, I don't know if we've seen them yet. I mean, you know, to be honest with you, I mean, that's 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 the interesting part because you need to find someone who has that combination of, of ability, marketability, personality. There aren't a ton of those guys. There aren't a ton of those they guys. Are right? Not are there? Right. And then I mean, that's that's been one kind of knock against uh, against the uh, quote unquote the American soccer players that they're not there aren't enough personalities. Um, so I think that's what it's going to take, right? That's it's going to take uh, some of those kind of emerging. Um, but it's great to see the young talent coming up. I mean, there's some some really good young talented players. Uh, you know, Jordan Jordan Morris obviously, and Jack Harrison, who I mean, that kid can ball, and he's in the he's in New York, and I mean, maybe he's a guy, maybe he's a guy who, you know, who, who blows up. But that's the thing; it's not going to be any one player that takes it takes the league to the next step from where it is now, because the league's already taken a hu- you know huge steps already, right? So like now, it's going to take a lot more to to. to get up those those last huge steps does the mls Uh, catch the nfl no i mean it it, it, it'd be great to think i mean not not in my lifetime (laughs) it's just you're dealing with 100 you know 100 years of 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 tradition and 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 love for the sport um but even even with the emergence of all the the 
concussion and brain studies and understanding. Yeah, that's interesting, man. That's, I mean, that's a, you know, I played football, and I tell you what, I don't mind that my kids don't play football. And I, right, you know, it's uh, yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, it, that's 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 crazy. The crazy thing when you think about the other sports. I mean, I'll point to baseball, and it's interesting because baseball. I mean, they just had the best game ever. Oh, it was an incredible the, game, wasn't right. it? Right. The other day, everybody watched it. Even if you weren't a baseball fan, if you were up, you watched it because of the drama. But, I mean, there's a lot less people. There's a lot fewer people playing baseball these days. A lot of kids are – I mean, in my town where I live, um, so my, my, my sons played baseball when they were younger. Um, I mean, they played every sport. But now now they play soccer. And, like, this, the soccer program where I live, there's, like, more than 1,000 kids in it. And baseball's dying. And, wow. and and that's happening around the country. So like, uh, that's where soccer is kind of gaining um, gaining ground. And you know, I think it will it ever be the number one sport. I, that's that's really tough to say. But if they can break into the top three, uh, you know, that that's huge. That's huge because it's you know it it, it it has that potential. And and it doesn't have to be the number one sport here to be the number, to 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 you know catch every league in, in the world it's not about trying to be the best league in the world or catch because you're just not going to catch the premier league or la liga right and, and the hundred years of tradition and, and everything that goes into that but you can try to make it as as good a league as you can and try to close that gap in it and it's it's it still has a ways to go but what in 10 years it's come so far yeah it has man and as the mls wave continues to build i expect to see you at the top of that thing on a surfboard with the biggest smile just enjoying all the fruits of your labor that have put you in the situation that it, that you remain in now um Havis, as we close this show out man um if i could get one question for you th- tell me this you've you've done a lot you've chased your dreams you've been self-confident you've you've gone to the to the depths of having to really dig into players and but you've never shifted you've never changed and it you really reap the benefits of of that if you could say one word or one phrase for the individuals that are listening to help them overcome their fear and chase their dreams what do you think that would be mm. <clears throat> one phrase one phrase um uh work hard and don't be afraid work hard and don't be afraid i mean i think that that's the two things because uh you can't fear failure right because everyone fails everyone everyone falls down and, and that's the thing you have to fall down you have to get up i mean i don't know that's a cliche but uh hard work man nothing beats hard work nothing beats grinding and 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 i say you know i'm i'm gonna put i'm gonna put the old man hat on here now i feel like a lot of a lot of younger kids these days don't know what it means to grind so true. I mean, I remember when I was, you know, a, a young kid at the newspaper. I mean, I I lived in the office. I lived in the office, and and it didn't. I didn't have. To, I didn't have to be there because I had a story to write. I was there because I wanted to interact with my colleagues, and I wanted to work the phones, and I wanted to put the hours in. And if anything, I think that work ethic is what carried over and helped me when I was when I went solo. Is that I only knew that. I only knew grinding and 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 working the phones and constantly you know writing stuff and and you know i probably i probably burned myself out at some point but (laughs) you know what it helped it helped me get to where where i am now and 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 i think nothing i don't want to say nothing but few things make me happier than finding a young a young writer or some a young a young person who has that work ethic who who you can throw anything at them and they'll just They'll just knock it out. They'll just because they they just want it, and and that and and people need to realize that if you 
if you just put in that work, you, you know, you, you, you can get, you can get in as far as you want, because you know what, you're going to be out working a lot of people because there's a lot of people who just don't have that. who just don't have that work ethic. Who just, who, who just don't, you know, it's true. There's a lot of people out there who are working in jobs that they don't care enough about to throw themselves entirely into. And what's impressive about you, Ivis, is that you knew what you wanted. You were passionate about growing yourself inside of your craft, which was journalism, and, and it which ended up being your passion. And you threw yourself into it. Now look where you are at the top looking down. And for the Creating Space Tribe, find it. Take the time to discover what it is that that you really love and what it is that you really want to do. Then make the jump, get over the wall of fear, and just keep standing up every time you get knocked down because it's not that scary, is it, Ivis? Not at all, not at all. And, and you know what? The fear, the fear should should be, it should just drive you even more because it lets you know you're alive. It lets exactly. you know, like, you know what I'm doing. You know, because there's like you said, there's a lot of people who are doing things who are working in jobs that they there's no fulfillment. But if you can if you can spend if you can spend your career uh, doing something you love, I mean, you don't mind putting in the hours. You don't mind putting in the work and. and you know, that's the, you know, that's the best thing I could say. I'm telling you, Ivis, it's been my absolute pleasure to bring you on to Creating Space, get a, get a little peek into what it is that has made you build your empire. And um, I respect you for what you're doing. And I, I continue and will enjoy to continue watching and reading what you're putting out, man. You're, you're definitely a blessing to the, to the game. Oh, I appreciate that, man. That means a lot. I really enjoyed this podcast interview with Ivis. You know, it's one thing to be a player and to feel as though sometimes the journalists can be extremely hard. And maybe you might think that they don't know what they're talking about when it comes to their write-ups and their summaries of the game. But when you go to Ivis Galarsep's history and when you look back at all of the things that he has done and all of the games that he has covered, you cannot question his acumen on the game of soccer, the game of football. And I can really respect and appreciate where Ivis comes from. And my favorite quote that Ivis had in this interview was the fact that fear should be the driver. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. Fear is an untapped energy source. And it's so important that when we view it as that, we can unlock that fear and we can use it to drive us forward, just like Ivis said. A lot of value to take from Ivis. Go give him a follow on Twitter, Soccer by Ivis. He is extremely active on Twitter. It's the best platform to be able to see him exemplify his excellence and reach out to him. Let him know you appreciated his conversation here on the Creating Space podcast. And lastly, we're going to be starting a new aspect of the Creating Space podcast where we're going to have the review of the week. So here's how the review of the week is going to work. So each week, I'm going to take a look at those of you who put a rating or review on iTunes, and I'm going to choose my favorite rating or review of the week, and I'm actually going to read that rating or review on the podcast. So I know there are a lot of loyal listeners out there, and I want to make sure that I give you a shout out and some love in return for all of the greatness that you're throwing my way. So um, get on over to iTunes, give us a rating, give us a review, get read out on the show. Let's have a review of the week something I'm really excited to implement here. It's a great idea from the team. So as always, I love every single one of you guys. Super grateful for you tuning into the show. Give it a share, give it a like, hit it with a rating or review, and hear your name on the Creating Space podcast. And last but not least, let's forget about this little thing we've got going on called a Lifestyle Masterclass webinar, which is still open. We are extremely, extremely excited to continue to offer all this value from 
all of the things that we have learned in growing this Creating Space brand from 0% to over 2,000% in the podcast and from my social media exposure in the brand purposes from a social space, we have found a way to scale this brand and scale the reach, the impressions, and the influence by over 10 times. And I, alongside my team, have put together a really, really cool webinar that will teach you the tips and tricks to help you become more efficient, more effective, grow your following, and then learn how to take all that you're doing and turn it into money, turn it into dollar signs, turn it into another revenue stream for you to live the life of your dreams. So get on over to creatingspacemovement.com forward slash webinar. One more time, creatingspacemovement.com forward slash webinar. Join in, invest in yourself. Let's keep learning, growing, and creating the space for us to be the best version of ourselves. So I'll see you there, my Bruce.